uh, driving home from Stillwater, Oklahoma. I've got breaking news, Jojen Senior. You ready for it? I'm ready. John Griswold, I don't know what the greatest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl was or the NCAA championships, but John Griswold is racing up the charts like a rocket ship this morning. And he's he's predicted to overtake the number one slot by dinner time tonight. So if any of you out there are Barry Ryman fans, you better start listening because they're going to get overtaken by the the national powerhouse, Kansas or North Carolina basketball named John Griswold. Yeah, you know, Matt, I listened to that myself yesterday. It was really, really good. And I didn't, I, I guess maybe I listened to just darn near all of it, but maybe I missed a little bit. Did he mention anything about Cody Venable? He did not. No, sir. I'm scheduled to have Mr. and Mrs. Griswold on tonight once they take over the top spot. So if you have a specific question, I will ask it. What do you want me to ask him? I just, I thought he'd bring up Cody. My my personal remembrance of when John Griswold kind of dominated that Southern show steer deal for a while there. I thought Cody was a big part of that, and I didn't hear his name. To our audience that may be from Canada or is 20 years old, I mean, just explain what what significance Cody had. Was he John's right-hand man? Uh, Cody Venable was maybe as talented of a clipper fitter groomer as, as there was for the time. I mean, not maybe, yeah. he was. He was unbelievable. You know, I think I think back in the day Cody would have fit and and helped picture some pretty high profile bulls for Dean Kephart. I mean, yeah. I know he himself was, you know, the guy that clipped and fit Habanero, which I thought for the time was an unbelievable oh, yeah. picture. You remember? I'm efforting I'm efforting to get Christy Collins on the show this week. I I gotta yeah. tell Christy I gotta tell Christy Collins that back in the day, I had a super big crush on her. She was so cute. She still is to this day. <laughs> yeah, right? I think we all did, right? <laughs> right. Um, hey, if we're going to keep it real, we might as well keep it real. That's Anyways. right. Keep it real, yeah. Just real curious, Cody's a guy that for some would probably think that he'd maybe uh, fallen out of the limelight or off the maybe yeah. the beaten path. But if I had to guess, uh, I'll bet you that guy's successful and he's somewhere out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Whatever. I mean, just uh, I had one or two pre pre conversations with John, and I didn't know that it was going to happen. I talked to him maybe five o'clock that afternoon, and he said he'd try to get into me if he got into the house. And a lot of these interviews are just for the moment, and and we I probably should do a better job like writing down bullet points that we for sure need to hit because I'm sure, and I've gotten this feedback from a Matt Huber and different people that. John Griswold could probably go six hours if we'd let it. Yeah, my wife's pretty awesome. Um, she uh, she doesn't take praise very well, so she'd probably kill me if I continued to talk about her and how awesome she is. But <laughs> she's awesome, just like yours. I mean, everybody I needs that woman at I home. That, yeah, I did talk to Carrie after the flea and a day or two, maybe three or four days afterwards, whenever you were racing to the top of the charts yourself and uh, – and she said there was a couple of things that she wished that we hadn't discussed in that podcast. There were private issues. Not not really private, private, but just like more business private, if you will. Well, I, I will defend what you and I talked about. 
sure. from a standpoint of I I didn't I didn't bring up those things and I didn't answer those questions uh, yeah. any differently than how I did because that was the truth and that's what the history of yeah. what helps make someone gets brought out and I that, want I, I I mean I want your listeners to understand like I think you said last night with John Griswold. You know, so many of our stories are so much alike, man. We all yeah. started at the bottom. We all started with nothing. You yeah. know, you start to think about like uh, Jim Bloomberg last night, you know, or the other day. Uh, I, You know, I was able to attend his wake, unfortunately not his funeral, but listening and talking to all our friends in the industry and hearing Jim's story. I mean, he's just exactly the same as many of us. And, you know, if you don't hear about how good things can be at times, you'll yeah. never be able to get through the bad things because there's a lot of bad things, too. This is a serious subject, but I, I got to listen to um, some eulogy or whatever on uh, Mr. Bloomberg's uh, yep. funeral and uh, listen to the Blake Bloomberg Part of it, I didn't get to listen to all of them, but I did get to listen to most of Blake's. And I mean, you talk about something that just amazing job, just a presentation that Blake gave. And I would have been more emotional than he was, I guess. But he, he had his stuff together and he did a very, very, very good job, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I just want to make mention of that. You know, I, I, I would want to say this. I, I will tell you one quick Jim Bloomberg story that had a lot of effect on me in my life, because for me, uh, not growing up with a dad that necessarily loved the industry or that helped out, I, you know, my sister and I showed a lot by ourselves when we were kids. Uh, my folks were uh, confident enough in us to just kind of send us and let us go. So back in those days when we'd hit a show or a county fair, uh, those people, those adults at the show were like our parents and Jim and Mary being one of them. And I will never forget. And I don't think I've really truly told this story to the Bloomberg family yet. I will never. 1993, I showed a Hereford steer. Actually, my sister Angie showed a Hereford steer that we'd bought and from a gentleman, uh, Willie Crane, bless his heart, that's passed away now that that was really our first taste of any kind of success in the ring. And it wasn't a lot of success. It was simply winning your class or winning your breed. And I will never forget at the Henry County Fair, Jim was at that show, and I believe the famous Dan Hogue judged the show that day. And Dan ended up talking about our steer and giving him some compliments. And this is about six weeks from the State Fair, and I'll never forget – Jim coming over, and at the young age of 16, I think, he gave me all kinds of advice on how to clip the steer different and how to feed him different. And, and you know, at the same time, he was telling us how good we were learning and all those things. And I will never forget that for the rest of my life. Some of those things that and those principles that he told me that afternoon, I still use today in terms of how to feed or how to fit or just simply pick out livestock and what to look for. So Jim was a super, super guy, super family. It's no, I mean, it, it's no secret why his kids have turned out like they are. Absolutely. Yeah. I would yeah. say Blake's a stud. Jamie's a stud. Jake uh, had a wild streak, but it seems to me like he is 
really kicking ass now in terms of raising them high quality ones and then being one of the truly talented people in terms of being able to market them at a very high level as well so uh yeah an amazing family that they have there so i mean i mean i guess uh just thinking of those folks for sure and uh i guess in conclusion maybe to this short podcast we can go longer i i gave mr rj ryan johnson a hard time here in the last couple of days publicly but privately for about a year and a half over a $23,500 No Guts, No Glory steer that sold in Nelson, England's fall sale in September 2020. And little RJ just would never tell me where he sent that calf. So <laughs> I caused just a little bit of uh, excitement on, on the gravel road that he lives on in Mitchell, South Dakota here on a Monday. And guess what happened this morning, Joe? Yeah. I had a call from Dave Geyer that he had a steer from RJ, and guess who raised that steer? My wife. It's the steer. It's the, it's the missing steer. He finally reappeared. I, I was told earlier in the week from a solid source that my steer was the warning steer that had reserve at Exarbon. And now magically RJ's changing his story. And now my steer is this McGuire steer in Ohio that was grand champion at the Clark County cattle battle. Now I don't know what all this means, but can you can you talk through this with me? I don't I know you know how the business works, but like why why do I keep getting different information? It's just weird that Dave Geyer calls me this morning and says, RJ just called me and he wanted me to tell you. Your steer was this McGuire steer and not that burning steer. What is going on here, De- Joe? <laughs> I want to uh, hear what you got to say on this subject, but let me just squeeze this little one in here. All I yeah. care about is my wife, my poor, poor, pitiful wife, <laughs> just getting a little bit of credit here. I just, She just wants to know if future calves out of that cow can be marketed as full or maternal brothers to the reserve at Exarbon. Or fuller maternal brothers to this magic steer that Dave Geyer calls me about, the grand steer at the Clark County cattle battle. Well, you and I both know what happens. And I mean, unfortunately, I do think that at times livestock gets marketed as things other than what they are. So from the rancher to the middle guy, the fitter, the seller, the agent, the selling agent to uh, home. Now, for me personally, and I can speak for Dave Geyer too. We don't care what they are. I'm we don't guess care you guys what they don't care. Yeah, exactly. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care what sire they are. Man, a lot of the time it really shouldn't add up genetically for why they look like they do. And at the end of the day, we're only worried about what they look like. I don't care how sure, they sure. you know, I don't care what their EPDs are. Here's here's what I'm gonna do for the audience. I'm gonna put a side by side by side picture of the grand steer at the Clark County Cattle Battle, the reserve grand champion steer at Exarban Livestock Show. And right in the middle, I'm gonna put that side view picture of Nelson England's high seller in the September 2020 uh, sale on SC that the reserve grand champion steer at Fort Worth and the grand champion steer at Kansas City also came out of, and those calves were valued on that one particular day, $7,000 cheaper than my calf, and $15,000 cheaper than my calf. 
price only declares uh, ownership. So I'm not saying that simply because my calf brought the most, he's the best. I'm just saying at this point, after a year and a half of RJ not telling me where my calf went, almost acting as if he disappeared off the face of the earth, for RJ to have Dave Geyer call me this morning, it just seems a little weird, I guess. So I'm going to have the public help me out to figure out which one they think is my calf because I've been told two stories this week. I have at it. <laughs> have at it. The big show, keeping it real. MLC, the big show. Uh, it is what it is. MLC, the big show. God bless kids and cows. All right. All thank right. you, Joe. We'll See be in you, touch. Mike. Yep. Bye.